Hi, my name's Alyssa. Thanks for watching today. Before we get started, we wanted to fill you in on our church. Here at Grace, we have a mission and a purpose. Our goal is to help people discover truth, decide on Jesus, demonstrate change, and deploy for others. If you're looking for a church, we would love for you to come be a part of what God is doing here at Grace. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. We would also like to invite you to one of our Sunday morning services. Check out ohiograce.com for a list of campuses and service times in your area. We have a great time gathering for music, hanging out, and learning about who God is and how that affects our lives. Thanks for watching, and we hope to see you here next week at Grace. Men are literally disgusting. Men are trash. That's common in society. What is a woman? Can you tell me that? Marriage is a patriarchal plot to oppress women. And there's no greater source of systematic oppression than the nuclear family. My pronouns are she, her, or they, them. Do you guys think men can't pregnant? Yes. Men, women, marriage, family, society. Well, hey, church, good to see you guys this morning. As most of you know, last week we, uh, we wrapped up our collecting of the Operation Christmas Child boxes that a lot of you guys were involved in. I uh, want to say thank you for that. Uh, we had a goal as a campus to bring in uh, 1,300 boxes, and you guys brought in 1,353 boxes, all right? So that's good. Um, what's cool about it is, think of it this way, uh, that's 1,353 children that someplace in the world with, uh, over the next you know, four months or so that will be receiving your box that you packed. And, uh, and you know, again, a lot of these children, it might be the first time they ever received a gift in their entire life. So just a really, really, really cool thing that, uh, that we're able to do as a church family. Uh, as a church, as a whole, here at Grace, between all of our campuses, we brought in 5,994 boxes. All right, we almost hit 6,000. <laughs> so um, just a cool thing that we're able to do. So I want to say thank you uh, for that. Uh, we are in the middle of our series called Call Me Crazy. And uh, over the last a few weeks, we've been diving into areas, or really key areas in our society. And what we've been looking at is these key areas from God's perspective and, uh, and what that means for us in our life. So we've talked about masculinity. We've talked about how does God view men? What, how are men supposed to act? What, what are we supposed to be like? What does a man of God actually look like? We talked about women last week. I didn't want to touch that, so I had Mike do that. And, uh, and he did all right, right? He did good. Um, and so now that we have both of those down and now that we have defined what a man is, okay, can't believe I have to do that in society today. And now that we have defined, defined what a woman is, now we can talk about the relationship between the two. Specifically, what we're going to talk about today is the relationship between the two in the home. Now, how many of you know somebody who they're like, they love Jesus, they're all about, they play in their Christian music, they go to church all the time, and they post their Jesus post on Facebook, uh, but their home life is a complete dumpster fire? Anybody know people like that? Like, it's just a mess? Um, see, if, like, I don't care how good of a Christian you are, like, if it ain't good at home, it ain't good. You get what I'm saying? Um, our problem is, is that our society is constantly changing and constantly distorting the definition of family and marriage. But as Christians, right, we don't define family through society's distorted definition. Right? That's not how we are supposed to be. Right? Society or culture or even government does not give us the family. All right? Government does not give us marriage. 
God does. Right? He was doing marriage. He invented marriage before government, a government even ever existed. And we see this all the way back in the first chapter of the first book, in the book of Genesis in the Bible. And we see, you remember how that all goes? Like God just starts like creating a bunch of stuff. He's just like, earth, oh, that's sweet. And then he creates plants, remember? And he looks down and he says, man, that is so good. And then he creates the sun, the moon, and the stars. He looks at that. He's like, man, this is like really, really, really good. And then he creates uh, the animals. He says, man, this is good. And he just starts creating all this stuff. And after he creates these things, he's just like, man, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. And then the last thing he creates, or one, I guess second to last thing he creates, he creates man. And we are different. He created us in his image. So we're different than like an animal or a plant. We can reason. We have thoughts. All right. We can choose between right or wrong. And he creates us in his image. And God looks down at the first man. Imagine this. He looks down at Adam. He says, man, that's good too. All right? But then in the second chapter, it says, God says, but it is not good for man to be alone. Meaning man's, Adam's situation of being alone. He says, this situation is actually not good for him. Now, is Adam alone? Nah, technically no. Like he's got all the animals, Right? They could go get himself a sweet pet, you know, like dog or gerbil, I don't know, whatever he was like into. You know, he could have gone that, done that. Um, he's also got God with him, and they have a relationship together. Yet God still looks at Adam's situation. He says, this is actually not good for him. After all the goods, this is actually not good. And so what God does next is he doesn't go check with Adam and say, hey, Adam, you know, I just want to see how you're feeling. Like, I'm going to make somebody who's going to be like your partner in life, and, and he's going to fit you. And so what are you looking for in this thing called a woman? Like, what, what, what do you want? He, does, he doesn't ask Adam his input. What God does is he looks at Adam. He says, hey, this situation is not good. And he says, but I know what you need. And God goes, and he creates Adam a helper suitable for him. Right? Someone who's just right for him. Now, last week, Mike, if you remember, he talked about this word helper. See, in our society, we look at this word helper and we're like, hey, I don't like that word. Like, that's all I am? I'm a helper? Right? That's what God did? Right? Here, this word, contrary to our society, this is no negative thing. It's not a negative word at all. Actually, it's the same word that God uses to describe himself and his relationship with us. Right? Like God helps us. He's saying Eve, right, the woman, is to help the man. Helpers do what? Right? They, they help. Who in this situation needs the help? Well, it's Adam. Right? Like God looks down at Adam. He's like, man, this man needs help. All right? I gotta, we got to fix this out. All right, he needs somebody. And you know how the story goes. Like he knocks Adam out. He creates a woman. Adam wakes up. Can you imagine, by the way, Adam waking up for the first time? All right? Where he's just like, you know, up until this point, all he's seen is like, animals, you know, and plants. And he wakes up and there is Eve, like standing. He's probably got like a ray of sun, just like that light, all right? Where he's like, oh, you know, you know, probably had that sound to it. And there's Eve. And he's never seen a woman before, all right? And she's naked, okay? And she's just sitting right there. Picture it like your middle school crush. Remember how that was? Where it's like, you know, as you see her, you're around her or him or whatever, you know, and you're just like, you're just like, oh man, like there, there she is. Oh man. Like that, you remember how that felt? Like butterflies in the stomach, stuff like that. She like drop a pencil and you pick that pencil up, be like, she touched this. You know what I'm talking about? You remember how that was? All right, some of you guys, it's been a while. Um, that's, I bet, how it was for Adam. He sees her and he's just like, whoa. That's different, okay? I've never seen that before. And what Adam says is he says, finally, someone like me, 
Like he understood immediately when he sees her. He's like, this isn't just some animal. This ain't no plant, all right? This is somebody who fits me, someone who's like me. And that first little marriage, it worked really, 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 really well for a while. That first family, it worked great because they did it God's way and it was perfect. And Adam, he loved Eve and he cared for her. And Eve, if you can imagine, she helped Adam and she actually liked it, you know? She liked helping him and, and they explored together. They had fun together and they never fought and they never argued. And both of them were completely, perfectly fulfilled with the relationship together along with the relationship with God. But think about it. Most of us, that's just not how we view family or marriage, Right? Like, that's not how we view it. We don't view it as, like, perfect in that sense. Why? Well, because of the next chapter. All right? In Genesis chapter 3, we see that both Adam and Eve, they both rebel against God, and sin enters the world. And it just doesn't break the relationship with God. All the relationships break. Their relationships with each other breaks. And slowly, culture and society has drifted from how God originally intended right, marriage to be to where we are today, where we have conflict just tearing families apart, and we got selfishness just blowing up marriages all around us. A lot of us, and probably every single person in this room, we have been affected right, by uh, families being torn apart and marriages being blown up. I mean, think about it. This is how crazy our world is. On our wedding day, what do we do? We make a vow. It's this thing called a vow. It's a promise. Actually, we swear in front of a bunch of witnesses, all right? A bunch of people are watching us, and we swear to love each other for, like, ever. You realize you did that, by the way, if you are married, right? You, like, you swore to love them in front of a bunch of people, all right? It's not like a secret thing. No, in front of everybody, you swore to love them forever. That's why we say words like forever do us part. It's like this idea that, like, two of us go into this thing, and only one's coming out alive. You know what I'm talking about? It's like forever. So somebody, it's like for the rest of your life. So it's like, buckle up. This is for the long haul, all right? And that's, that's how it's supposed to be. That's actually what we do. We say, I'm going to love you, and I'm going to love you perfectly. I'm going to love you forever. But then for most people, it's like 10 years later, we hate each other, right? Like most people, their marriage, it's like, not only do they hate each other, they hate that person that they promised to love forever, but they hate that person more than anybody else on the planet, <laughs> All right? See, for most of us, it just, it really starts just a few months after our wedding day. Um, I've done this before, but it's been a while, and so I figured I'd reintroduce them and bring them back, All right? This is super complicated, so you're going to you're gonna have to work with me on this. Meet Mr. and Mrs. Mug, Okay? Mr. and Mrs. Mug, I'm trying to illustrate this. Um, they meet each other in college, let's say. That's how Kate and I met. We met in college. And uh, they start to like each other. And they have those butterflies in their stomach. And they're like, ooh, you know, you touch that pencil. Like that type of thing. And, uh, and they start, like, wanting to be with each other. And so whatever Mr. Mug's out here doing, Mrs. Mug, she wants to be with him. And whatever Mrs. Mug's out here doing, Mr. Mug, he wants to be with her. And they just kind of kind of do everything together. And sure, there's some bumps in the road here and there. But it's actually pretty good. And you know what they do? All right, they are very, very, very very careful around each other. This is what we all do, by the way, or what we all did. All right? They're very, very careful around each other because they don't actually want to expose who they actually are. That's what we do when we date. Right? We put on a really good front. It's kind of like our social media where we all look perfect, but in reality, right, it's not as perfect as it might seem on the inside. And so they hide themselves from each other, and they're very, very careful whenever they do stuff with each other. 
Um, we all do this, right? We've all done this when we date. I've told you guys how Kate and I, when we first started dating, I, um, I took her out on a date. It was a picnic date, okay? And, um, and so we went out and we went to this big park. We're in Virginia. There's like rolling hills all over the place. We're the only ones there. And so um, we throw out the blanket and we start making, this is, I, I don't know why we did this, but it's maybe just because I was super poor, right? We were just making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, Okay. I'm not even a peanut butter and jelly guy, so maybe she picked it. I don't remember. And so we, uh, we go, and we like, sit down, and she starts making these peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And I'm not like a big jelly guy. Um, I, uh, the problem with jelly is that it, it like, soaks into the bread and makes the bread all like, you know, mushy and stuff. You get what I'm saying? Anybody else agree with that? So I'm like, just do, let's just do peanut butter only. It lasts. You know, it doesn't ruin the bread. And so she starts making me peanut butter and jelly, and I'm watching her. She's like loading on the jelly. I'm like, dang, dude, but I can't say anything because I'm trying to be careful around her. You know, I don't want to open up myself that much to her. Yeah, I don't want to offend her. I'm like, I'll just eat whatever she makes. All right, this will be all right, even if it's something as simple as peanut butter and jelly. I haven't had this since I was a kid, and I could do it then. I could do it now. You know, that type of thing. And so she makes me two sandwiches. She gives them to me, and it was kind of a hot day out. And I eat the first sandwich. I'm like, all right, wasn't super bad. But then by the time I get to the second sandwich, like it has like completely soaked into the bread. I'm like, I don't want to eat this. You know, it's like, it's like peanut butter and jelly bread. And, uh, and I ate like some of it. But then I decided, I was like, I just can't go on even further. But I don't want to tell her because I'm being careful with myself. And so as a lot of you guys have known, I, I pointed at something like, like a bird or something in the distance. I'm like, hey, Kate, look at that bird. That's a crazy bird. And she looks over, and I took that sandwich, and I threw it as far as I could. <laughs> and I released wrong, okay? You got to release right on these things. And so instead of throwing it as far back as I could and low to the ground, I threw it as high as I could. And um, she looks around, she looks back at me, and about you know, a few seconds later, about 10 feet away, this sandwich just comes flying out of the sky. And she just gives me the look. She's just like, and I'm like, ah, shoot, caught. All right, I guess it's just embarrassing. You know, I'm like, yeah, I forgot to tell you about jelly. You know, I ate your first one, though, that type of thing. That's what we do. When we're dating, we hide ourselves. You know this. This is just how, this is just how it is. We're very, very, very careful with ourselves. And so Mr. and Mrs. Mug, whoa, Mr. and Mrs. Mug, they do the exact same thing. They're so careful, and they're like, whoa, all right, we're cool, we like each other. And then they decide to get married, okay? This is what we all do. And they get married, and they love each other, and they're all about each other. And it doesn't take long. It's like usually a few weeks, maybe, maybe, maybe just a few months. And, um, and they've, again, they've had some bumps in the roads, but something big happens, and they, they bump each other. And stuff comes out that they were not aware, that the other one was not aware that the other one had inside. And so they're looking at each other, and they're like, whoa, all right? What came out of you? And he's looking at her, and she's, he's just like, I didn't know that was in there. And she's looking at him. She's like, I didn't know you had anger issues. You never showed me that before. I didn't know that you were like that. And they're just like, well, you need to stop bumping me. But what happens? Well, there's another bump, and we bump each other again. You're like, whoa, what is all this stuff that keeps coming out? And he looks at her, and he's like, this stuff only comes out of me because you keep bumping me. And she looks at him, and she says, well, this stuff only starts, this, the, these pink bees only come out of me because you keep bumping me. And they're like, wow, I didn't know that was in there. And so she runs, and she goes and, and talks to her sister, right? <laughs> and she's like, 
This is what came out of him. And the sister's just like, wow, I didn't know he was like that. I didn't know he had anger issues. And, and Mrs. Monk's just like, yeah, I didn't know either. I, I'd never seen this before when we were dating. What is this? And then Mr. Monk, he goes over here and, and we, I don't know where guys go, right? Like we just think about stuff. And so he's over here just like, I, you know, I, man, she makes me so mad. Why, why, all that, I didn't know that she was actually like that. And that's what happens. They just, and throughout their marriage, what do they do? They keep bumping each other and bumping each other and they keep blaming it on each other. It only comes out of me because you keep bumping me. And she says, it only comes out of me because you keep bumping me. But here's the big secret. You ready for this? This is super profound. You ready? Get out your pen and paper. You're ready for this. The reason why the pink beads come out of her is because that's what's in there, all right? The reason why the beads come out of him is because that's what's in there. It's not because they are bumping each other. It's not because she bumped him or it's not because he bumped her. It's because that's what's inside of them. See, that's us. Right? Like, like we, are, we are messed up. We are sinners. We all got issues within ourselves. I mean, think about it. What's the common denominator between um, every fight that you've ever had? It's you. <laughs> you're the problem. Right? Like, you're, you're the common denominator there. We are broken because of sin. It's an issue for all of us. And broken people have broken relationships. And broken people have broken families. Now, here's the good news. God who happened to be the one who invented marriage, and God who invented family tells us how to do it. So we're going to look at this real quick, and uh, we're going to go to Ephesians 5. Some of you guys know exactly where this is going. You're like, oh man, why did I come on this Sunday, hit the, the marriage Sunday? Um, but this is what we're going to do. Um, God's going to address the wife first. Um, as you can see, all right, I'm not a wife. I don't identify as a wife. I'm never going to be a wife, okay? That's just not me. Um, this, and I think because of that, some of you guys, you might be sitting in here, and you're a wife, and you're just like, well, that's not fair. You don't know what it's like to be me, and that's true. I don't, okay? I've never, never been a wife before. I don't plan on being a wife. But here's the deal. These words, these aren't from me. This is from God, all right? I'm just bringing them out. And so um, this is what God tells wives to do. Okay, so we're going to talk through this. It says, wives, right? This is what God says. I want you to submit to your husband. How? In what way? As you would to the Lord. All right? Now, if you're a woman in here and you're already starting to take offense, let's breathe. All right? Let's talk. Let's talk through this a little bit. Um, I don't know about you, but society in general hates this word. Society hates the word submit. It's like a bomb that you kind of throw in the middle of the room. You read this and it's just like, there's a bomb, okay, and someone needs to go defuse it. So that's what I'm going to try to do real quick. Nobody likes this word. Like, I've never met anybody that, um, you know, I'm like, hey, so what are you planning on doing today? And they're like, man, I just want to submit to somebody. Like, you know, I just can't wait to submit, like, all day. That's what I look forward to doing. Like, no one says that, okay? Nobody is excited about submitting, all right? That's our culture. And so, yeah, I get that some of you, this just bothers you, and it bothers you a lot. And I, I totally understand. Others, maybe more of the men in here, you're going, I didn't know that was in there. That sounds like a pretty good verse to me. 
I'm going to have to, you're trying to read this. You're like, where is that found again? Ephesians, what? What did he say? You know, this isn't like a popular verse. This isn't a verse that you see on bumper stickers on your car. It's not a verse that you see, that you print out on the pillows and on your bed, you know, like, oh, like, you know, this isn't a popular thing. And so let me diffuse this bomb real quick. Let me talk about what this actually means. Now, first thing is that what this does not say is God does not say women submit to men. All right. He doesn't say that. That's not in there. Sometimes I'm talking to like couples who aren't married, um, so boyfriend and girlfriend, and, um, and you know, I've had it where she'll be like, you know, I'm trying to like do the right thing. I'm trying to allow him to lead. I'm like trying to submit. I know that's what the Bible tells me to do. I'm like, whoa, 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 stop, stop you right there. God doesn't tell you to submit to him. Nuh-uh. This is for husbands and wives. You're not, you're not his wife yet. Right? So it does not say women submit to men. It does not say girlfriends submit to boyfriends. Right? And so if you're a lady in here, you could totally go out, run your company, be the boss, become president. Okay, that's not what God is talking about here. Um, this is what we know. We know that both men and women are made in the image of God. Okay, we see that all the way back in the book of Genesis. We also know that both men and women have equal access to God. So ladies, you do not have to go through a guy, any type of guy, to access God. God is there and he wants to, and you should be accessing him. You should be talking to him and building that relationship with him on your own in, on an individual basis. Right? We also know that both men and women are equally valued by God. The Bible also tells us that both men and women, meaning God, has, God gives men and women different roles within the family. And so here's God. He's saying to you this morning, if you're a wife, not, not talking to all ladies, all right, but if you're a wife in here, specifically for you, God's saying, I value you equally. I value just as much as your husband. All right, you have equal access as your husband has, but I made men and women different. And I have given men and women different roles, and I have given them different gifts and abilities to fulfill those roles. And God's saying, I, guess what? I did that on purpose. Right? That wasn't a mistake. See, we are different. And it's just funny that I even have to say that, because the world's trying to erase the differences between us. Like, but if you, don't, like, if you don't understand that we're different yet, like you need to go study some diagrams or something, because there's like some differences, Okay. See, God's saying men are to step up and lead in two areas. This is what the Bible tells us, all right? Not all areas, only two, and that's in the home and the church. And God created us different with different roles, and guess what? That's okay. Like, that's not a bad thing. See, this word submit that we naturally hate, this word, just to put it in like just easy terms, it means that you, all right, make a conscious decision in your mind to make you're basically saying your deal is, a bit, is more important than my deal, okay? That's what, it is. That's what it is. That's what submission is. Your deal is more important than my deal. That's how you live your life. That's how you're supposed to live your life as a wife here. And by the way, can I just say this? God is your perfect example. Like if you're like, man, I don't know, like, you know, what's that supposed to look like? Like, does he mean everything? What's, what's going on here? No, God's your perfect example because you know what he did? He made your deal a bigger deal than his deal, right? When, I mean, he left his throne room and he came down and was born in the dirt. And then just to basically teach us what God is like. And then he went to the cross and he dealt with our sin problem. By the way, our sin problem, that was your fault, not his. But he made your deal a bigger deal than his deal. See, that's what submission looks like. It doesn't mean that wives are second place or that they can sit back and be silent and they should never give their opinion or so. This doesn't give you permission to totally check out of the marriage or check out of the family. See, that's not what we see. Last week when Mike was talking, he went through Proverbs 31 and we, you remember what that woman was doing? 
I mean, that woman, she was going, she was like super busy with all kinds of stuff. I mean, she was like buying and selling real estate. She was starting small businesses. I mean, that lady, she was getting stuff done. See, wives, you need to choose to allow your husband to lead. And then there's like one important thing after that that a lot of wives forget. And when he leads, so you need to choose to allow him to lead. And when he does lead, and it might not be the same. Actually, he's not going to be a perfect leader. We all know that he's messed up, jacked up, horrible, terrible person, just like I am. All right? But when he does lead, follow him. See, some people are like, well, yeah, I allow him to lead, but I'm not doing what he's doing. No way. No, no, you, you have to follow him. That's what submission looks like. See, submission is not submission until you disagree. You get what I'm saying? See, to submit is really an invitation to your husband to lead. And I totally understand that that can be super hard sometimes. It's against our natural desire. It's completely against what our society is teaching us, you know, since we were in kindergarten. And I totally understand that there's like a fear there because for a lot of ladies, I think they're just like, man, you know, I'm going to lose my freedom. Like, like he's just going to, you know, I'm going to lose control and what's going on. And, and he's just going to micromanage me in every way. And I totally get like, there's legit vulnerability there. But think about it. Isn't there some upside to a husband who initiates and leads too? Like we, are, we focus so much on the negative because that's what the world does. Like, what, you're not, I'm not as good as, no, that's not what God's saying at all, all right? But isn't there some upside to a husband who initiates and leads? I mean, think about this like from a dating context, okay? Like, ladies, let me just ask you a question. Um, which guy would you rather go on a date with? Okay, let's say guy A, he shows up to pick you up, you get in the car, and then uh, he says, so what do you want to do? I don't know. You're like, well, where are we going? He's like, oh, what do you want to do? I don't know what you want to do. I don't know. Where are we going? I was just, you know, like you, you got that guy, okay? Or a guy picks you up on a date. You get into his car and he says, so happy to see you. Okay, check this out. I did a bunch of research on a bunch of restaurants and I wasn't really sure which one you'd prefer. There's this like really nice seafood place up on the lake. It's got really big windows and uh, I've heard it's like really, 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 really good. And then afterwards, I think we'd just kind of walk along the waterfront and be super nice. Or if you're not thinking seafood, there's this Italian place. It's just not too far away. And I've heard some, I've read some really, really great reviews on that. And uh, it's got this outdoor patio and it's got some live music. I think you really like it. And it's just an awesome place. And so I narrowed it down for you, which one would you rather go to? I'm up for both. Which guy would you rather date, right? Like the lazy loser <laughs> or the dude who takes some initiative and leads? You get what I'm saying? Like there's upside to having a husband who leads well in your marriage. And it won't be easy for him to lead if he has to compete for leadership. In fact, what I've noticed and my years of counseling and talking with a lot of you is that no man can lead a wife who doesn't want to be led. You just can't do it. It's impossible. In fact, what I've seen in my experience is that most men, um, <laughs> by far most men, maybe all men, I'm trying to think, I can't think of an example that goes against this, but most men, what they do, if they have to compete for leadership in the home, you know what they do? They just give up. Not saying that's right. Not saying that's good. That's, that's, it's wrong of them to do that. But what they'll do is they give up and they check out. See, wives are to submit. Why? Because the husband is the head. This is what God says. Because the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. That's what Jesus was. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are to submit to husbands in everything. You ever read a verse in the Bible where you're like, man, I wish that wasn't there. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> All right? Like this, this last portion. Submit to your husbands in everything. Why did he have to put that word there? Like, you know, what's everything mean? And I checked in the original language, it means everything. Okay? That's what it means. And so here, what God's saying, he says, hey, it is good for you to submit to your husband who is supposed to be a good leader. Now, I've talked to plenty of ladies out there who are like, well, Pastor Zach, my husband, you know, he needs to act like the spiritual leader. Like, that's what I want for him, and he's just, he's just not there. But here, he doesn't say, God doesn't say, hey, husbands, you need to act as the leader. No, no, no. What here, God says, no, he is the leader. Your husband is the head. Yeah, he might be a good one or a bad one, but that's what he is. He is a leader. That's how God created him. And most men I know, they're going to lead at something one way or the other. Where is really the question? Where is he going to lead? Is he gonna, he's going to lead where he feels most confident to lead. Like, ladies, you ever wonder why he is, leads so strong at work and not at home? Because this is what they do at work. We're like, men are like puppy dogs. Like, you give them a little reward, and they're like, oh, you know, like that type of thing. Here's what, here's what they do at work. They give him a desk, and then they give him a title. Some places they give him even a little name tag with his title. And then he asks people to do things. And you know what they do? They actually do it. And then he gets respect at work. And then they give him money. And if he does a really, really, really good job, they give him a reward of more money. That's what they do. Right? Then that same guy gets home and he's told he's too late. He's failing at this. He's failing at that. He's just not good enough. He's got no respect in the home. And then he asks people to do things and nobody does it. Where do you think he is going to lead well? At work. See, wives, part of your job in your marriage is to make him feel like a man, right? It's in, in your relationship or in your marriage. I mean, this is in a bunch of different areas. Just as a leader, as a man, with his work, in his career, as a dad, in the bedroom, just all these different areas, you need to make him feel like a man. You need to make him think that you think that he can actually lead. You need to make him think that you think that he actually has what it takes to lead his family, even though we all know you could probably do better. Okay? See, the Bible describes two different types of wives, and really only two. The Bible says there's the excellent wife, which all wives should strive to be, right? And she is a crown to her husband. And then the nagging wife, who is like rot in his bones. And so my question for you, and only probably you can answer this, is are you the crown or are you cancer? Because you're really either one or the other. You think about that. <laughs> husbands. Let's talk about this for a little bit. Um, husbands, the idea of leading probably isn't what you think. All right, Leading does not mean in any way that you are to sit on the couch all day and boss your wife around. Okay, That's not what leading means. That's not what leading is. All right, That does not mean you get to dominate or demean her in any way. God has a much different opinion on what leading actually means. And so God addresses you in the next verse. In verse 25, he says, Husbands, I want you... To love your wives. Some of you, you really, really, really are terrible at this part. He says, I want you to love your wives. In what way, God? Well, I want you to love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So here's God. He's saying, men, husbands specifically, I want you to love your wife. Well, in what way? I want you to love your wife in the same way that Jesus loves the church. That's some pretty like legit love, right? We all agree on that? Right, he's saying you need to love your wife as God loves you. I mean, that's pretty lofty expectations here. 
And then you need to love in the way that God demonstrates that is he sacrificed himself for us. And so we as husbands, we need to sacrifice ourselves for our wives and our children. And I think there's a lot of guys in here where you're just like, well, I mean, sure. I would like, I'd die for my wife. Like I'd take a bullet for her. I'd take a bullet for one of my, for one of my kids. And we'd say that because we're macho men or whatever. But my guess is that your wife would rather you live for her every day than, than, rather than die for her one day, right? See guys, before you're married, you are an complete expert on taking care of you. I mean, you know what you like. You know what you don't like. You know how to take care of yourself generally, okay? Wife helps out with that, right? You know what you wanted. You know what you don't want. I mean, you know all this stuff. You're an expert on you, but when you get married, you have to change. In fact, Peter says, he writes in the Bible, he says, you need to become a student of your wife. And that, by the way, takes a bunch of work and it takes a bunch of sacrifice, meaning Peter's saying, you need to know her as good as you know yourself. Peter's saying, you know how you're an expert on you? He says, you need to be an expert on her, on your wife. The good news is you don't have to be an expert on women because I think that'd be impossible and I think there'd be no end to that. You only have to be an expert on one, and that's your wife. You need to know her, right? You need to know what she needs. You need to know what her wants are, what her likes, what's her hates, what she, what she loves. You need to know what she enjoys, what she dreads, what she hopes, what she dreams, what she desires. You need to know her. And some of it, I'm just going to give you fair warning. Some of it, you're going to be like, man, this just makes no sense to me. Right? You're going to be like, why is that so important to you? I do not understand. Like, this is just not that big of a deal. And it's super complicated. But we've learned some pretty complicated stuff in here as men. Like, some of you guys could tear apart, of an, tear apart an engine. Okay? That's complicated. You can hunt anything. All right? You could do your job. You could buy, sell stocks. You could fix your boat. Some of you guys, you even fly planes and stuff. I mean, I mean, we have learned as men some pretty complicated stuff. It's really easy, if you've noticed this, to learn what you're into. Right? It's really easy to learn when you're into it. And so here's God. He's saying, hey, you need to be into your wife. You need to study her. Not in a creepy way, okay? All right? But you need to know what she's into so that you can take care of her better than you can take care of yourself. A few verses later, he says this. Uh, in the same way, husbands, you are to love their wives as their own bodies. And here's where I think God kind of gets real. He's like, all right, all right. Let me speak to you in your language. Um, He's saying, you need to love your wife as much as you love your own body. Now, um, women in general, and this is a general sense, I'm not saying every lady out there, but in general, women I view as like not totally in love with their bodies, okay? You know, it's like they're always kind of nitpicking, like, well, you know, this is, they got this and this, and it's just never perfect. Men, we're like complete opposite of that. I mean, we might be, you know, we get out of the shower and we catch a glance of ourselves in the mirror, and we might be old, fat, and bald, but we're just like, I still got it. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we do. That's what we do. Okay? See, here's God, and he knows that. And God's saying, let me, let me, let me speak to you in your terms, okay? All right, men, you need to love your wife as you love your own body. All right? He says, and he who loves his wife loves himself. He says, for no one ever hates his own flesh, hates his own body, but provides and cares for it, all right, just as Christ does for the church. Right? So here's uh, God, and he's saying, hey, husbands, you need to love your wife. You need to learn to love your wife, not just what you hope she becomes. You need to love who she is. Like, don't love who your wife can be. Love who your wife is now. See, men, you are to lead with love. And here's the deal. For, for you men out there, 
or for your husbands out there, all right, someday you are going to give an account for the way that you led your wife and your family. Doesn't that freak you out a little bit? It should. Someday you're going to stand before God and you are give, going to give an account for the way that you led your family and the way that you loved your wife. I was thinking this way um, this week. I was like, uh, and I wish I didn't think of this because now I'm like, it's like freaking me out a little bit. But think about it, men or husbands. When you married your wife, you like married God's daughter. Does that kind of freak you out a little bit? And he knows and he watches the way that you treat her. Like all the time. Like there's never a point where he's like, oh, I didn't see that. No, he, he knows how you treat her. He knows how you feel about her on the inside. All right, like, like he knows that. And he's, he's her dad. He loves her more than her real dad. I mean, I mean, he cares about her alive. He cares about her so much that he died for her. And he's watching. And so to sum this up, God says, each one of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. That's all we got to do. And so let me ask you some questions. Husbands, um, let me talk to you first. Husbands, um, are you helping your wife become the best version of her? Like, are you actively helping your wife become the best version of her? Like the one that God had in mind when he came up with the idea of her? Like that version? Right? Or are you holding her back? Are you leading? Are you initiating? Man, it's really just not that hard. In fact, um, not only are we, you know, there's a bunch of different areas within our marriage that we are to step up and take the lead in. Um, one, of, one of the areas that I think a lot of us, we kind of dismiss, and that's spiritually. Like, we don't lead spiritually. We don't do anything. A lot of you guys, it's your wife who drags you to church, not you who drag her. All right? It's not how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to lead your family. Lead your family to church. Um, <clears throat> this is what I would encourage you guys tonight. So, man, let me, let me just throw out a challenge to you. How about you do this, all right? How about for once in your life, you step up spiritually and you lead your wife, your wife in a spiritual area, okay? Why don't you, and this is all I'm asking you to do. Tonight, pray for her. It's not that hard, all right? Some of you guys, you're just like, well, okay, well, I'm not, you know, I'm just not that good at praying, okay? Well, if you're not that good at praying, like, get good at it, okay? You're good at a whole bunch of dumb stuff, okay? Get good at praying. Like, that's probably an important thing, all right? And it's just not that hard. So this is what, this, this is what all you got to do, okay? You guys, you men focused in? Oh, you're making me mad. You focused in? Okay, this is what you got to do, all right? I'm going to give you step-by-step -step instructions. So, um, you know, write this stuff down. I got two questions for you to ask her, all right? The first question, you go up to her tonight at some point, and all you have to do is you just say, honey, how, or you just say, honey, can I pray for you? That's it. Can you handle that? And when she hears that, she is going to be like, oh, uh, okay. And then you go to your second question. All right, now you're kind of locked in, okay? So you got you to make this happen. Your second question is going to help you out here. You just say, um, okay, uh, how can I pray for you? All right, so you got the first question. The first question is, can I pray for you? The second question is, how can I pray for you? Now, men, what she's going to do next is she is going to spit out a bunch of words, okay? <laughs> like a lot of words, maybe more words than what you were expecting. And it's just going to be a ton of words. Men, listen to those words, Okay, you have to listen to those words. And uh, if you do this right, it's, it's very easy. When she's done, all you have to do is you just say, okay. 
Then you say, dear God, and then just repeat those words. That's all you got to do. You don't have to add anything. You just say what she said. And then at the end, you tack on an amen and you're done. You got it. You're set. You led your wife spiritually for once in your life. Now, wives, do not screw this up, okay? Do not say, and I know some of you guys will inevitably say this, do not say, well, you're only doing this because Zach told you to do this on stage this morning, and I knew that you were going to do it, and so here we are. So you're only doing it because of that. Don't do that, all right? You're going to mess this up. Do not do that. Allow him to lead for once, all right? Maybe even give him a little reward, okay? Whatever that is, piece of pie, whatever, you, you know, Reward him for it. Again, we're like dogs, okay? We repeat good behavior. See, here's the deal. You want a good marriage? Like, you want a fulfilling marriage? You want a good family? You want some, some, like a marriage that you can build your family with? Wives, God makes it easy for you. Well, it's very hard to do, but God makes it simple. Right? He says, allow yourself to be led and respect your husband. And, and husbands, your thing's not too, not you know, it's not easy to do either. God wants you to initiate. God wants you to love. And God wants you to sacrifice. That's really all it is. It's husband's love, wives submit. If you both, husband and wife, if you do those all the time. So if the husband, all right, always leads in a loving way, and if the wife always submits in a loving way, if you guys do that all the time, you will literally have the perfect marriage. All right, it'll be perfect. There'll be no problems. I think that's impossible for us, okay? But if you do those things most of the time, man, you will have a great marriage. So yeah, maybe perfect marriage is out of reach, but you can have a great, fulfilling, real, deep Marriage, you can have that. It's actually within reach. You just got to do it God's way. It's the only way. And you will benefit, and your spouse will benefit, and your family and friends around you will all benefit. That's all you got to do. Let's pray together. Uh, dear God, we... Um, Thank you for these words. This, this is hard stuff. It's hard to listen to. And, uh, you know, for some of us, it's just, it's just hard to do. It's completely against our culture um, for all of us to, to do this. And so, God, we really ask that you would help us. We need your help. We can't do this on our own. This is not natural for us. God, we ask that you would help us as husbands to love in a self-sacrificial way. And, Lord, we ask... For those of us who are wives in here, you'd ask to help the wives in here to submit as they would to you. God, that is a lofty expectation for you, for us, that you have for us. And God, we ask that you help us hit it. Lord, we can have a real deep relationship. We just do it your way. You're the architect. You invented marriage. You invented family. You invented relationships. All we have to do is we gotta do it your way. God, we need your help. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thanks for watching, and we hope to see you here next week at Grace.